Amen and amen. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11, as we continue to lift up this God who is worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. Worthy is his name. Those of you who may be new with us, we're continuing our series through the book of Isaiah this Christmas entitled From the Cradle to the Crown. Uh, from the cradle to the crown. Obviously, in uh, during the Christmas season, we love to celebrate uh, Jesus Christ and Him coming um, a, as a baby, you know, in a manger, right? Uh, coming to uh, to give us life, uh, coming to uh, uh, live this life that we couldn't live, die on a cross, right? We celebrate that. We're thankful for that. Uh, but also during Christmas season, we ought to celebrate His second coming. Uh, the truth of the matter is he is coming again. He's coming again. Jesus was more than just some baby that was laid up in a manger because there was no room for him at the end. He, he, he is at the triumphant king who's sitting at the right hand of the father at this very moment. And one day will come again. And so we celebrate that this Christmas season as we wait uh, to behold uh, his second coming and celebrate him setting his kingdom on uh, earth. And so we're looking through these different prophecies through the book of Isaiah, right, highlighting what uh, uh, the Lord spoke through Isaiah, you know, uh, nearly 700 years before Jesus's uh, first coming. Right. But also the words that he gave to Isaiah proclaiming about uh, Jesus's coming kingdom, him coming again, his second coming. And so we're looking at these different prophecies, uh, and this week we're focusing on uh, the prophecy that we see in the book of Isaiah chapter uh, 11. Isaiah chapter 11. So if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. And we're going to read uh, verses 1 uh, through 10 together, verses 1 through 10, and then we will jump uh, right into uh, the message. If you don't have a Bible, it's all good. The verses will be on the screen. Uh, but this is the word of the Lord to uh, Isaiah uh, over 700 years before Jesus's first coming. Context has it right that um, Israel, man, they're in a mess, as we talked about last week, because of their sin, because of their persistent unwillingness to follow the Lord. And so the Lord uh, gave them over right to uh, uh, their vices, if you will. Had, a, you know, several terrible kings reign and rule uh, at the time, which led them even further astray. And so enemy armies were coming in looking to uh, destroy them. Uh, but in the midst of all that, right, uh, the Lord gives Isaiah a word about hope that is coming. Hope in this current time that we read in the context here, but also hope that is coming in the name of Jesus over 700 years after this is going to take place. And so uh, as we read this, read this through the lens of the fact that, yes, uh, Isaiah is speaking to a specific people, but also, man, he is speaking to what is to come in this moment. Uh, what is to come? Isaiah chapter 11, starting in verse 1. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says this, There shall come forth a shoot or a root from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots that shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. 
Verse four, but with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness, the belt of his loins. Verse six, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. And the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him, shall the nations inquire and his resting place shall be glorious. I've entitled the message today, the perfect king. The perfect king. There's a king who's coming. Um, And Isaiah describes this king as the perfect uh, king. And so with that being said, why don't you bow your heads and pray with me. uh, And then we'll jump into the message today. Lord God, we love you. We thank you for your word, Lord. God, we thank you for the fact that your son did come. And the fact that he's one day coming again. Lord, as king, victorious ruler who will set up his kingdom here once and for all, Lord, new heavens and new earth. God, but God, until that day, I pray that, uh, Lord, that we would uh, wait with hope. God, as we open your word and see, Lord, what the perfect king looks like, God, I pray that you would speak to us, Lord, and encourage us. Lord, to make you our king. Lord God, we love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Earlier this week, uh, I did a search on all the different uh, kings and what Google had to say about the greatest kings to uh, ever live. Uh, And there was a list. Of course, I went with the uh, uh, list from WatchMojo.com. They do a list of top ten everything, really. You can find really anything top ten you want to look at. But uh, went with the list there from WatchMojo.com. And and they highlighted some uh, great kings throughout time, kings you probably heard of. Like uh, King Tut, remember him? You probably learned about him in history, right? The great Egyptian king, only ruled nine years, but did a ton uh, in his nine-year reign as a uh, child uh, ruler there in Egypt. You probably heard of him. Uh, read, a king, uh, read of another king, uh, you know, a guy named Haile Selassie. Which you, if you don't know about him, he uh, ruled and reigned. He was the last king of Ethiopia, right, in eastern Africa, man. He was so great. There were folks there calling him a god. You know, he's he's known as a god in uh, uh, Rastafarian uh, cult, you know, uh, religion, Rastafarian religion. He did a lot of things, including help modernize the country of Ethiopia, man, great king. I read about a king, uh, King Henry the Fourteenth of France. Probably heard of him. He set up right to one of the greatest palaces, uh, you know, of all time. Man, ruler that was there during the 18th century. Man, big time uh, guy. Read about him, and there were many others that were on that list. 
But as I got to looking, Brother Dwayne, I realized that all the kings that were on that list, 10 out of 10 of them in that top 10, they're dead. They're dead. Hey, even though, man, hey, they had a lot of great accomplishments, man, during their time here. Right. uh, They did a lot of great things, you know, did a lot of poor things too, made a lot of poor choices. The reality is, man, hey, they're dead at the end of the day. But hey, I know of a king, right, that is alive and well, live and well, sitting at the right hand of the father right now. And his name is Jesus. Name is Jesus. And by the way, that his his kingship and who he is as king, man, hey, is greater, is better. Man, than hey, any other king that ever existed. Man, you can take the biblical kings. King David, man, greatest king, you know, you know, to ever live. You know, a lot of folks say, great king, but hey, was still imperfect and still died. Man, but hey, King Jesus, he is alive and well. And we know him to be the perfect king. Perfect king. And Isaiah here highlights, man, th- who this king is. Who this king is. Right throughout the text here, verses 1 through 10. And, and so here's what I want to do today. Right. Uh, hey, we're going to we're going to brag on uh, King Jesus a little bit. I, I want to really answer two uh, questions today as we speak about uh, uh, this perfect king. Number one, I want to answer the question of who he is based on what we see here in the text. But then also what I want to do is bring it to uh, us here. Right. In 2022, where we are today. Right. Uh, I want to answer the second question. Hey, what happens whenever we make this king that we're getting ready to talk about? Whatever, whenever we make him king of our heart. Hey, it's more than just simply acknowledging the fact that Jesus is king. At the end of the day, he wants us, as I talked about last week, he wants us to make him the king of our heart, the ruler of our heart, the one who leads and rules our life. Absolutely. He wants us to make him that. And so we're going to look at what it looks like to make him king of our uh, heart. But I want to answer the first question first. As we talk about this perfect king, look look what Isaiah says, right? I want to answer this question. Who is this king? Based on what we see here in uh, the scripture, we see firstly that this king, right, that uh, Isaiah explains, this perfect king, he comes or he came from humble beginnings. He came from humble beginnings. He talks about it there in verse one. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Right in the context here, talking about, man, hey, a, a state of desolation. Imagine, you know, a big, mighty forest that is there, right, in this particular area. All the trees being cut down, right, uh, speaks of, really, the position of Israel at that time. As God's people, man, they're in a bad place. Bad place. Desolate place. But Isaiah says, hey, from this stump, man, hey, there's going to come one. Right from this stump, from Jesse. We know this to be true, that this is Jesus, because if you look at the lineage in Matthew chapter 1, we know that Jesus came from Jesse's line. You say, man, I don't really ever see that. I, I hear about Jesus coming from the Davidic line. Well, hey, Jesse was David's dad, if you look at 1 Samuel. And so that we, we know that Jesus came from the line of Jesse. And we know, hey, we know that he came from humble beginnings as well. That's what this picture has here. This Jesus who came, right? We know that he came, man, as a baby, born of a virgin, as Luke 1 tells us. We know that, man, hey, he came and was born in a manger because there was no room in the inn for him. Right? A manger, a little feeding trough. And he was born there. The king of kings and lord of lords was born there. Hey, we know that his family comes from this little town called Nazareth. 
Nazareth. If you don't know much about first century uh, Jerusalem, first century Israel, right? Nazareth was a little town of about 200 people. We, we would call it today the sticks back then. The sticks. Man, hey, it came from nothing. Matter of fact, his family was from, right, the lowest uh, uh, class in Jewish culture. Lowest class. Right, the expendables. Right, if you look at the social strata of the time, yeah, Jesus came from that. Well, we know that he came from humble beginnings. Hey, I, if I were to write the story, I wouldn't have written the story like that. Man, if I, have, man, if I, was, if I was the Lord, man, I'd send the king kings to come down. Hey, trumpets rolling. Right, he's in his purple, rocking and rolling. He's going to come back, you know, in a different you know, manner one day. But, man, him coming down the first time, I would have set it up a different way. But we see here, man, that he came from humble beginnings. Man, it wouldn't be the way I drew it up, but it was God's plan. That's how he came. We see this king came from humble beginnings, verse 1. But secondly, we see here that this king, he walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 2 here. Speaking of this king, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Right? It speaks of this king uh, walking in uh, the anointing of the spirit, anointing of the spirit. But we see that Jesus, right, epitomizes these characteristics as you look at his life and him coming the first time, don't you? Remember some of the texts here, what we see? Hey, the spirit of wisdom, Mark 1, 21 through 23. Jesus, as a young kid, was going into these temples. He was preaching the word. And folks were saying, man, hey, this dude is different than some of the other guys that, that were there. He's different. It says that he grew in stature, but also grew in wisdom as he was sharing the word. He, he walked in the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He walked in the spirit of uh, counsel. Man, in might, during his life, even in his earthly ministry. Man, folks that were in need, that were hurt, man, he would he would just go and touch them and they were healed. He would just speak the word and they were healed. There were times where he wasn't even in the same place as people that were in a mess. And he just spoke a word and they were healed. Talking about walking in the spirit of, man, counsel and might. Man, perform miracles. Man. Consoled folks. Walk with him, man, the great counselor. But also we saw him, right, the spirit of knowledge. This knowledge here is not talking about just simply knowing uh, about God, knowing facts about God, but it speaks of intimacy. We know throughout his life in uh, his earthly ministry, walking uh, uh, with the Lord, man, he, he walked in intimacy with God. It says in the Gospels that, man, there are oftentimes he withdrew, man, to spend time with the Lord. And so we know that this... Jesus, man, this king came in the power of the spirit, power of the spirit of God. And so we know that it's him. Thirdly, we see this, that this Jesus, man, he came at the end of the day to honor his heavenly father. Came to honor his heavenly father. Look at verses three through five there. Verse three, it says that his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Let y'all be in the fear of the Lord. Jesus in his life, man, he came and, and he he didn't live for himself. He lived to honor his father, lived to honor his father. And he didn't care, man, what other folks thought, didn't care what, you know, other folks said. He lived a life, man, to honor his father. He was concerned as it looked as you read further down here. Right. 
uh, talking about he shall not judge what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. Right. And it speaks more about that. We see, man, that this this Jesus was different. He was concerned about the poor and like the religious leaders of the time. He was concerned about the those that were meek and broken. He was concerned about those folks. Matthew 9, 10 through 13 says that he reclined with sinners and tax collectors, man. He lived with those folks that people didn't even want to touch and be around. He lived life to glorify his father. We knew we know this to be true based on Jesus's life in his ministry. But also here in verses three through five, it talks about his second coming at the end of the day as well. Says that whenever he comes, he's going to rule with absolute justice. And mercy, hey, he's going to rule, man, and he's going to judge with equity those that are me. Remember, hey, one day, man, we're going to be judged, all of us in here. We're we're, we're going to face judgment one day. It's kind of like, remember the story in the book of Exodus, man, Moses, right, and and the tame plagues and and Pharaoh letting my people go. Y'all remember that, man? You've seen the movie, the Paul Newman movie. I remember that coming on during Christmas, you know, sitting down with my parents and watching it. But remember the tenth plague? Right, uh, uh, death of the firstborn, you know, Pharaoh wouldn't let the people of Egypt go, or people of Israel go there in Egypt. That that tenth plague was going to be the death of the firstborn. And the only way that you were to avoid it is if, hey, your doorposts were painted, or you know, were painted with the blood of a sheep sacrifice. Remember that? Hey, 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 it's that same picture. Hey, judgment's coming to all of us. We're not going to be able to run from it. We're not going to be able to hide from it. And the reality is, hey, you're, you're going to be judged. Right? There's, well, there's two types of judgment. Person that, that faces the great white throne judgment, hey, you, your, li- your life has not been washed by the blood of the Lamb. And you're going to spend forever separated from him. That's a fair judgment because Jesus, man, he, he made a way for us to be able to avoid that judgment. But then, hey, the judgment of the saints. Bema seat judgment, man. Hey, those, that judgment's for the one who has been washed in the blood. Washington. He's going to come to judge us fairly. This is this Jesus. This is this great king. We know that he came to honor his father and he's coming again to judge, man. Judge fairly, judge rightly, judge correctly. And then fourthly is this. We see that this Jesus, man, he will come and establish everlasting peace. Everlasting peace. Verses six through nine speaks namely of his second coming. We know that uh, what we read in verses six through nine in the reality now, even though, man, we try our best, you know, through you know, different kinds of reform, uh, different kinds of politics. We, we know at the end of the day, the reality is that this peace that what Isaiah is talking about here is not realistic now because we're broken up people. But it speaks to one day. And this peace coming. This peace coming. Look at this. Look at this imagery that, that, that Isaiah shares here. This reality. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. Hey, those are, man, those are, uh, a wolf, man, hey, they, they feast on lambs. It's prey. It's predator versus prey, but they're gonna dwell together. Leopard shall lie down with the young goat. Predator and prey. Calf and the lion, man, they're gonna lay down together, and the little child shall lead them. Says this, that the nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, man. A young baby's gonna, man, hang out with a cobra. It's crazy. It speaks to this everlasting peace, man, that's coming. This new heaven and this new earth, man. When Jesus sets up his reign, man, and his kingdom here on earth. 
Notice real quick, and I don't think it's by accident that here in verses 6 through 9, we don't see anything, you know, spoken about, you know, in relates to spiders or roaches. Hey, because just just a reminder, you know, and again, hey, this is just conjecture here. I believe those are part of the fall. We ain't going to see that, you know, in the new heavens and the new earth. They're going to be in hell where they deserve, Sister Arlene. Amen. It doesn't say anything about that. It's, hey, it speaks to, but it's, amen, Brother Doy. But it speaks to, right, to, uh, this passage speaks to the peace that is one day coming. Jesus is coming to establish everlasting peace, everlasting peace. This everlasting peace, right, that political reform can't bring about. It's everlasting peace that social reform can't bring about. It's everlasting peace that will come when Jesus comes again to set up his kingdom. Man. It says he will come one day and establish everlasting peace. Man, this is this king, the perfect king that's talk, talked about here. And so real quick, it's first question. We see it answered here, man. Who is this king? Man, it's King Jesus. We see what's talked about here. But secondly, hey, the second question is this. Man. What happens when you make him king of your Heart. At the end of the day, that is the goal. Not just acknowledging that Jesus is king, right? He has that title, but the, the goal and the call is to make him king of your heart, ruler of your heart and life. What happens when we do that? What happens when we choose to let him take control of our life? Man, we see it here. See it here. Number one, man, what happens is we walk in humility. Walk in humility. Man, whenever we make Jesus the king of our heart, man, hey, listen, we, we, we look to walk as he did, as 1 John 2, 6 says. And throughout his life and ministry, man, he, he walked in humility. Considered others as more important than themselves. Philippians 2 talks about that. That's the model of life, man. He, he walked so much in humility that he laid his life down. Didn't have to. Could have called thousands of angels to take his place. But, man, he, he set the example for what humility looked like. And when we choose to make him king of our heart, we too walk in humility. With making Jesus the king of our heart, our life does not become about us anymore. But it's about him and making him known. It's about loving others. About loving others. The reality is, though we want to walk in humility, for some of us, the problem is, man, we keep getting in the way. We keep getting in the way. Instead, hey, we ought to choose this. Take there's a there's a uh, uh, Christian rap song, R&B song, right? Called uh, "Background," old Lecrae song that speaks to, hey, man, well, I'm just gonna step step out of the way. I'm gonna take the background, God, and let you take the lead. And that's the call here. That's what it looks like to make Him King of our heart and life. Psalm 115:1, right, speaks to this call to make Him to, to <clears throat> excuse me, walk in humility. Says this, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Faithfulness. Hey, the Christian life, friend, is not about building our own kingdoms. Man, it's about submitting to his. At the end of the day. And when we do that, hey, that's that's when we're able to walk in humility. That's what the Christmas season's all about. Walking in humility. Man, when we make him king of our heart, man, when we submit to him as Lord, man, we're able to walk in humility. Secondly, we see here this, man. Hey, we're a, whenever we make Jesus the king of our heart, man, we walk in the spirit. 
walk in the spirit. When Jesus takes the lead in our life, man, hey, we, we walk. We are able to answer what, what Paul's call is in Ephesians 5 when it says, hey, uh, do not be drunk with wine, but man, be filled with the spirit. We're able to walk in the spirit, man, and that changes everything. I don't know about you, but personally, man, I noticed a big difference whenever, hey, I'm walking in the flesh versus walking in the spirit. I've talked about, you know, I've talked about it several times. I've talked about it a few times up here, but, you know, I've talked about it several times with folks that are around, man. Hey, I, I, I have that struggle. And, and really, a lot of times, Brother Rob, man, I find myself walking in the flesh a lot of times whenever it comes to anything competitive, you know, playing. It's, I love, you know, playing sports, love all that. But, man, I, I feel like the flesh comes out. And a lot of times whenever I'm, I'm not asking the Lord to, you know, fill me with spirit, whenever I'm spending time with him in the morning, man, that flesh really comes out. Really comes out. And it makes it even tough, you know, tougher now because a lot of folks in the community, they know what I do. They're like, oh man, he's a preacher. And so whenever, man, I let a cuss word, brother Cliff, fly because I missed a shot, man, hey, that's not, that's not always a good look. You know, walking in the flesh. Hey, hey, whenever I try and show somebody up, you know, make a basket or something and let them know, it's, you know, instead of thinking that the basket's enough, make a basket, let them know by doing, you know, something that, uh, isn't too kind. Uh, man, it shows. It shows. But, but here's the reality. A lot of times, man, that's because I'm, I'm walking in the flesh. I'm not submitting myself to the Lord and the Spirit. In the same way, hey, the call for us, man, whenever we choose to make Jesus king the heart, the call is to, man, allow for his spirit to lead and lead our life. Being filled with the spirit, man, hey, that, that's saying that, God, I want you to be in control here. Control. And whenever you allow for the spirit to control your life, you'll, you'll notice, man, hey, your responses are different. <laughs> hey, w- when a mess comes about in your life, all of a sudden you're not in panic mode, you know, you know, all the time, wondering where God is. But instead, you're saying, OK, hey, it, it's, it's all right. And God's, God's, in, God's in control here. Hey, whenever you, you walk in the spirit, man, hey, you're able to respond or, or to that child in a different way. You would when you're in the flesh. The call for us is, man, to walk in. Uh, the spirit, whenever, man, we submit to his kingship, man, we're able to do that. And what that looks like for us in here, and I just jotted a few things down, man, what that looks like and what I've learned just in my time walking with him. When we walk in the spirit, man, we have this desire to fear the Lord. Have this desire to walk in this uh, reverence, uh, reverential awe of him. Man, whenever Jesus becomes king and we're walking in the spirit, we understand that, hey, yeah, God, yes, he is my friend. He's my buddy, but, but he's more than just that. Man, hey, he's the one who's in control, man, sovereign in control of my life. And, and so, man, I'm going to look to honor him because of that, because of his position. Right. He's worthy of my praise because of his position. Man, he's worthy of my life because of his position. Right. He's worthy to take the lead. Man, we have a desire to fear the Lord. We see that evident in Jesus' life and ministry during his first time here on earth. We have a desire to fear the Lord. We have a desire to honor uh, the Lord, which speaks to uh, that. It's, it's just connected to uh, the desire to fear the Lord. We have a desire to honor him. Honor him. And the way that we honor him is through obeying what he says. Can I go ahead and just keep it 100 with you? Man, I've met many of people, and, you know, I, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the, you know, throw shade at anybody, Pastor Greg. 
because, man, this is me a lot of times. This was me whenever I went through, you know, seminary school uh, for a season of life. It was me whenever I was younger, man, and, and growing in the Lord rapidly and all of a sudden got really full of myself, said the Lord. I fell victim to thinking that, man, hey, I honor, you know, the Lord, right? The, I honor the Lord by how much more I know about him rather than how much I choose to follow him in obedience. I believe I say it again. Let, let me say it a little more articulately here. Right. I, I, I fell victim to thinking that, man, it was the stuff that I knew about God, the Bible verses, right, the, the different theological, uh, you know, uh, uh, imp- the theological implications of things, the different theological thoughts pertaining to the word. I thought it was that knowledge in and of itself that, that you know, made me uh, more righteous or more whole right in God's sight. I thought that I was honoring him with that. And listen, that stuff is good. Stuff is good. Man, we we need to know what we believe. Man, we we need to know the word. Need to hold on to it. But but at the end of the day, no, no, God God is honored, man, by our obedience to him. It says in 1 Samuel 15, remember King Saul, man, hey, he he got into a mess. And he thought he can clean it up, man, by just uh, doing all these different sacrifices that he knew about. It says this, man, Prophet came over and said, hey, man, to obey is better than sacrifice. Remember Jesus in Luke 6, 46, he said this, hey, man, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say at the end of the day? And by the way, it's not, it's not about just perfection. What I'm speaking about is, is a new direction, man. Now that we're in him, man, hey, we, we look to strive, man, to please him by following him. And what his word says, which supersedes what we feel, hey, hey, supersedes at times, man, hey, what, you know, what we may hear in the word or, or what our thoughts may be. Man, we, we honor him by obeying him. And when we walk in the spirit, man, we, we are, we have this desire to choose to do so. We're desired to honor him. And then thirdly and lastly, right, it's this desire to know him, which really this is first here, but I wanted to ended here and again this no that we see here in Isaiah 11 is not speaking to just mental assent um, you know philosophical thought uh, this knowledge about God man no no it, it speaks to intimacy yeah. it speaks to spending time with him walking in him yeah. kids in here it speaks to man spending time in his word and in prayer adults it, it speaks to man spending time at his feet his presence. It's more than just reading for, for knowledge's sake. It, it's more than just doing, right, for educational sake or, or for ritual sake. It's, it's, it's about this intimate relationship, this love relationship. And whenever we walk in the Spirit, we're going to desire to know Him more. To know Him more. And so listen, are, are you walking in a life that's full of the Spirit? Is your life characterized by letting man, the Spirit of God lead your life this Christmas season? Well, if it's not, man, then the question is, is Jesus really the king of your heart? Maybe saved in here, but man, you might have taken control of the reins. Man, give them back to him and let him lead. Let him lead. And then thirdly and lastly, Whenever we make Jesus the king of our heart, when we acknowledge him as king and make him king of our heart, man, we're able to walk in peace. 
peace. Verses 6 through 9, right, speaks to this picture of, man, peace that is going to come one day during his second reign. But did you know, man, those of us who are in Christ, whatever, he's king of our heart, we can walk in peace now. Walk in peace now. Some of you may not think it's possible, but it is. You can walk in true peace now. True peace now. And we know peace, right, is, is we see it talked about throughout the word, broken down into in, different categories here. You can walk in peace with God. You can now be at peace with him. Romans 5.1 says, man, hey, we are now justified in Christ, man. We're at peace with him. Bible says we were once enemies of him, but now we're at peace. Listen, we were on the opposite side of God, but now he's on our side. We're with him. We can have peace with God. Hey, you don't have to go to bed at night wondering what's ahead for you, man. In Christ, you've got peace with him. You know what's ahead. And choose if you, so it's choose if you haven't to surrender to him. We have peace with God through Christ. Hey, we can have peace, man, in this world in spite of trouble. Peace in this world in spite of trouble. Some of you in here, then we talk about it just about every week because it's, it's a reality every single week. Some of you, man, your life is a constant whirlwind. And there are moments where, you know, super excited, but there are other moments when you legit feel like you're just hanging on. It's just hanging on. Can I encourage you today? Hey, you can have peace. If Jesus is king in your heart, you can walk in peace even in the midst of the whirlwind of this world that you're in. Hey, you don't have to, you ready? You don't have to fake it to try, quote unquote, fake it to make it or, you know, you can walk in this peace. Truly. Fake it till you make it. That's, that's what I wanted to say, but I got tongue tied there. Fake it till you make it. Man, you can walk in this peace truly. Say, Pastor, where do you see that? Oh, man, I'm glad you asked. Philippians chapter 4. Look what Paul said, man. He's speaking to a people that, hey, walking with the Lord, following him. But, hey, remember, they're living in the midst of the first century. You talk about turmoil. Hey, the Roman Empire was reigning and ruling at this time, man. There was an emperor there that was known as, according to WatchMojo.com, you know, top two or three most wicked, crazy king to ever rule. guy named Nero, if you hadn't heard of him. Horrible. It said that man Nero, for fun, because he despised the Christians and the Christian faith, would light Christians on fire, put them, put, you know, lock them up and then light them on fire. Right. And, and that served as light in the community around the palace that he was a part of. That's what they were facing. That's what they were facing. And, and, and look what he says in the midst of that. Philippians chapter four. Says this, hey, do not be anxious about anything. Which that situation, man, those situations make me anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So the answer is, hey, take everything to him in prayer. Don't try and figure it out on your own. Take it to God in prayer. Take it to him in prayer. And it says, man, that promise in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, and will guard your minds and your hearts in him. Hey, listen, friend, you can walk in peace today. This Christmas season, man, may be a tough one for you. Can I encourage you? You can walk in peace in this Christmas season, even though, man, life is tough. Man, choose to stay connected to him.
And then we see lastly, right, that uh, this peace that we talk about here, walking in this peace, man, it speaks to this peace to come in Christ. Speaks to this peace that is to come in Christ. Hey, one day, Brother Rick, hey, there's not going to be any more war. There's not going to be any more turmoil. Hey, there's not going to be any more prejudice, right, amongst, you know, those around because of the color of your skin or where you came from. There's not going to, hey, there's not going to be any more trouble. There's not going to be any more pain. Hey, there's not going to, there's not going to be any more uh, struggle, right, with walking through uh, turmoils of life. I like how one uh, preacher said at one time, listen, man, there's not going to be any more, man, infant death or or child death. Man, one day, hey, we're going to be in a place that is in perfect peace. Those of us in here who know the Lord. That is coming. It's coming. Man, so take heart. Take heart. Man, hey, walk in that peace now. Don't have to wait until that time comes when we're in glory to walk in that peace. Hey, you can walk in that peace now. Walk in it now. Rejoice. Man, I know the struggle is real, but hey, hey, rejoice. Because the peace that we have in him. Man, you can walk in that peace now. So the question, man, who is this king? The two questions. Who is this king? Man, we see this king is King Jesus, which was kind of a spoiler alert, to be honest, because, man, we've been lifting up Jesus all Christmas season. So you knew the answer to that from the get go. But we're going to go ahead and talk about him anyways. It's King King Jesus. And then secondly, hey, the question is, man, what happens whenever we make Jesus the king of your heart? But I'll go ahead and add a third question. Hey, is he the king of your heart? I'm not just asking the question, hey, do you know about him? Do you know the fact that he is king? Is he the ruler of your heart and life? Does he reign on the throne of your life? Throne of your heart? Or is he just, or is he just like so many? Man, an idol that you set aside whenever things are good. And then you pick up to worship again whenever you're in need. Jesus wants to be more than just some idol, man, that you pick up and cast aside whenever you need him. Man, he he wants to have absolute reign and rule in your life. Man, so choose to give it to him. Choose to give it to him. Let him reign. Let him rule in your life. That's what the Christmas season is about, man, him reigning and ruling over this earth, but him reigning and ruling, man, over your heart and life as well. Does he reign? As you reign. In closing, I stumbled across a story I heard one time about a flight student that was flying with a captain who was the co-pilot. And the plane descended and landed, but Brother Cliff, it landed pretty bumpy on the runway there. And the captain of the plane to the student who was supposed to be flying it said, hey, man, that was, that was a pretty bumpy landing, man. Hey, what happened? And the flight student said, wait a second. I was supposed to be flying? I thought you were. That's what he said. See, hey, they were confused about who had the reign of the plane, who was in control of the plane. And it ended up man, being a mess. 
Can I encourage you as we close today? Hey, listen. If you choose to live a life where you're in control of your life and you reign and rule, man, hey, it's just going to leave you in a mess at the end of the day. You say, hey, Pastor Irv, how do you know that? Because I lived it. Even though, man, I was a a teenager, teenagers in here. Listen, I lived that life where I living for myself. I knew a lot about God. I went to youth group every once in a while, but man, he got one in control of my life. And I found myself, hey, empty, lonely, even though I had friends, even though I, you know, play sports was no, I found myself in a bad place. Adults in here, man, say, hey, same way. If you choose to, man, live a life, man, where you're in control, you're just going to find yourself in a mess. Because, man, even though we're read up and we've read every article around, man, hey, we don't know as much as the Lord, the one who made us. And so, hey, listen, let him take the lead. And you choose to take the background. Hey, let him be the captain of that plane. And let him take the controls there. I'm not saying when that happens that trouble isn't still going to come. But, I, hey, I'll say this, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Listen, if you choose to let him take the lead, man, even though... Tra- pain, trial, sorrow may come. Hey, listen, you won't ever be sorry that you did. Won't ever be sorry that you did. Hey, this Christmas season, church, hey, let's make Jesus the king of our heart. Man. Let's let him lead today.